Welcome to Traveling Down, Archaeology for the 21st Century. I'm Gary Byers. This is Steve Collins, our rock star, or today we're going to say pot star. Oh, yeah. We might have to explain that. Uh, but he's going to be sharing with you some really cool stuff from our excavation at Tal El Hammam in Jordan. So, Steve, today we're going to talk about some stuff that we excavated and um, and and we've actually worked on here at the, at the uh, at the site. So uh, here here back home here. So we, we found this um, in the palace. Looks like the, lunch. The Middle Bronze Age Palace, and I'll just pull it down here. We found this from the palace. Now, just just so you know, we don't have all of it. It was in about is it 50, 60 pieces, and uh, about two months ago. Steve took the time to put this thing together, and we were shocked. We had no idea. I didn't think we had the bottom, but we have the full profile. So and, nice. and, and to have the whole vessel, uh, virtually the whole vessel, this, what do we say, this is 90%, um, is amazing, and especially cooking pots, because they break out from use on the bottom. And so you, you get the top, you get the rim all the time, but you very seldom get the bottom. And so we were amazed when we were putting it together. Steve was doing all the hard work. And, and it was just amazing to us uh, that we had it all. And you can probably see there on the top, there's a handle. This is a single handle. Many of them had no handles. Very few had just one, and a number would have two. So this was really a unique vessel. We were really surprised to see it like this, but this came from the kitchen of the palace. Yes. The Middle Bronze Age Palace of Tullamore. And the range of cooking pots that we have, yeah. to me, has been amazing because, yeah. you know, back when we were, you know, budding archaeologists and studying ceramics, you go to the books, you look at the books, you look at the forms that they have, and, and so I think in some of the main uh, books that we looked at that were our kind of textbooks, you have two or three forms. And we have, I'd say, at least 15 or 20 different forms. Now, the vessel itself is the same. It's the rims. It's the that rims different. that are different. This one kind of has a uh, kind of a stand-up rim, but it's, it's, it's kind of angling in, and it looks like it would be very easy to put a lid on it. Yeah. So, um, and the handle is interesting because... To me, if this thing is full of porridge, how in the world are you going to pick that up with one handle? Yeah. What do you do? I mean, you got to have a pot holder or something yeah. on the other hand yeah. to take that thing off the fire. Now, if you have two handles, you can take a couple of sticks, yeah. put them through the handles and lift it off the fire and put it wherever you need to put it. But I don't know why one handle. It just doesn't make any sense to me unless it has no other function other than to hang it up on a hook yeah. and get it out of the way. Other than that, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so, what would you be cooking in a vessel like this? Well, I think probably. I mean, this kind of a vessel is certainly made for liquid. Yes. I mean, yes. I mean, this is going to be whatever whatever is in here, whether it's main main meal or whether it's a dessert preparation. I don't know if they had dessert in the ancient world. Well, yes, they do, because we're going to show you some recipes. Yes, we do have one, too. Yes. Dessert recipe. Um, but whatever is in here is going to be basically a water base, or it's going to maybe have some melted fat. 
it's going to be soupy. Yeah, so we'd have a stew kind of thing so in here. That, that's the easiest, most logical thing because yeah. you can put your meat, chunks of meat in. You can put your vegetables in. You know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> I mean, it's just your basic <laughs> stew or soup. And um, you could even sprinkle some barley in there and have the barley cook up with it. There's all kinds of things you could do. So, um, but it wouldn't last long. No, the vessel wouldn't last uh, long. You know, they're fairly porous. They're kind of terracotta. You can see the, even kind of the, the orangey color. The outside's really blackened because yeah. of being on the fire so yeah. often. And so it's kind of sooty on the outside. But by the time you cooked, I don't know, maybe we'll test this someday, but by the time you cook a dozen meals, or maybe this lasts a week, maybe it lasts yeah. a month, as you said, the bottom would typically break and blow out because being porous, it would soak up the liquid, and so and then it would just burn out. So, um, so uh, thinking of a stew, you actually have an ancient recipe for a stew that would have been made at the time period that this pot was in existence. Yes, and uh, you can find it in the Harvest Handbook of Bible Lands which we published when? This year. This year came out. This right year came out earlier this year. Yep. And um, so the Harvest Handbook actually has uh, four recipes in it, three from the Bronze Age. No, two from the Bronze Age, one from the Iron Age from the time of King David, and one from the Roman period. And so this one, uh, the one you're talking about, we're talking about stews or soups, um, would be this one. And I have a picture this is going to be a really close picture Daniel and um, but you can see on this page right here we have a recipe for Tahu's stew so Tahu stew here's what it looks like when it's finished one of our graduate students PhD students um, found the recipe and made it in fact he's cooked it twice and uh, and it's Good. It's really, really good. It's really good. And uh, so here's the recipe. And so we have three recipes in this one. We have that one. We have uh, some some dessert over here. This is mursu. And these th th these are little uh, barley flour cakes with date paste punched in the middle of them. Yeah. And uh, that's how you get the sweet because they don't have sugar. Yeah. There's no sugar in antiquity, so you, you use honey or you use dates. So that's another one that's in the book. And then we have King David's favorite. That's my favorite. I love those. I think they're kind of dry. Well, they are, but uh, you know, I love but them. But you could use them in the field. I mean, they would be kind Absolutely. of like, um, kind of like uh, protein bars. Yeah. You know. And um, so here they are. They're David's favorite raisin cakes, and they're actually referred to in Scripture. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I think that's amazing. So um, there are recipes in the Harvest Handbook. By the way, great maps, great figures, breakouts uh, uh, about page size, uh, discussions of dozens and dozens and dozens of, of issues and artifacts and buildings and all things Bible are found here. Uh, your Bible... Don't read it without this. <laughs> okay, it's a pretty good commercial. Put By the this way, with who, it. who wrote that book? Oh, uh, the, the two knuckleheads. 
myself and Dr. Joe Holden of Veritas are, are the principal, principal editors, yeah. and uh, I think I did quite a bit of the writing. Yeah, but you, you, you have pieces in yeah, here, I got a little bit. and a uh, um, bunch of scholars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great book, here. brand new uh, that we just went out at the beginning of this year. So hope, uh, hope you pick it up and, and use it. All right, so um, so we have all kinds of recipes, and uh, the stew certainly would have been made in here. Now I have. I have another vessel here. And I see you have some pieces over here of, this is my absolute favorite vessel of all time. I just, I don't know why I fell in love with these things, but every one of them is distinct from every other one. Uh, they have similarities, of course, but they're very different from each other. And I see you broke one. Gary, well, I, I spent a lot of time putting that together. I'm and you sorry. broke it. All right. So, so it actually, it, it, if you, you put the top up like, like this, it would, be, it would be straight like that. And so we call it kind of a straight-sided vessel because uh, it doesn't have a lot of curve like that one does. So it's just, just very straight. Stand, not, quite, not exactly straight, but that's, that's how it would stand. And, and, and we call this, describe this a little bit. Well, we have a very scientific term for this decoration. <laughs> highly, high, highly technical. We call it a pie crust <laughs> decoration. And, uh, well, you can see it looks like a it, pie crust. It, it, absolutely. My grandma used to do this. Yeah. I know it. And uh, so we call it the pie crust decoration. It has a real simple rim, but this little decoration is either right along the rim or below the rim, and sometimes it has holes. Yeah. Maybe weep holes or, or steam holes or something. But... These are interesting because now this pot that we had before is wheel made. Yes. It's made on yes. the fast potter's wheel. The yes. fast potter's wheel was invented around 2100 mm -hmm. BC. And um, so most of, the, most of the vessels after that, we call that the beginning of the Middle Bronze Age. Most of the vessels starting in the Middle Bronze Age were, were wheeled on the fast wheel. This one... Even though it's in the Middle Bronze Age at a time when everything else is being fast wheeled, this is handmade. Yeah. So we think they're local. Even the people who cook the meals, uh, the people in the kitchen, are actually creating these pots themselves locally and maybe firing them, because they're not very well fired sometimes, firing them right in their cooking ovens. <laughs> yeah. Right alongside so what they're cooking. So you just form it and get it, get yeah. it leather hard, and then you just put it in the oven and, and leave cook it, it. And leave it in there, yeah. uh, you know, because cooking goes on all the time. Yeah. And that's one interesting thing about the ancient world, the taboons. Now, they have these clay ovens. You see the round bottom. Yeah. Well, where does that round bottom sit when, it's cook when something's cooking? Well, you have these clay ovens here in New Mexico. We call them hornos. Yes. But they're a clay oven, has a little opening. It looks like an igloo with a hole in the top, made out of clay. Yeah. And um, so you don't cook inside. Now, these might cook inside the hole. On the, on the coals inside, on the ground. But the top has a hole, and this would sit right in the hole on the top. So if, if this was, was that, that oven... It, it would it would come out as sort of a dome, and then on one side there would be a, a hole where you would be stoking the fire, and you might well put this vessel inside so you could be cooking something down here maybe, and then maybe even something up there. Double oven. Double oven. That's hey, good. Yeah. So something, as you said, some things never you know yeah. things never change. Exactly. Now this one in particular, and this is you know that I broke. 
This one in particular is very exciting to us, and we didn't realize we, what we had here until two months ago when we were putting these together. Yeah, this is um, really interesting. In the, in the centuries, actually millennia, leading up to this vessel, uh, they were cooking in a completely different way because they didn't have taboons. Taboon is the Arabic word that we use for oven. And um, they didn't cook in an, on an oven. They had a, just a big jar with, with large shoulders and sort of a narrow and then a flat bottom. And uh, they would just build a fire around it, sit it there on the hearth and build a fire around it and cook. Well, that was all the rage for a thousand years, yeah. maybe a couple thousand years. And then all of a sudden, those disappear. We have the wheeled cooking pots, but somehow, even into the Middle Bronze Age, we have these what are called whole mouth jars because the, the rim is just a hole. It's just large at the shoulder and narrow at the, at the bottom and with a hole at the top. Now this has the same pie crust decoration as our straight-sided cooking vessel, but this is more of a jar than it is a cooking vessel. But used to cook in for sure. Yes. Absolutely the same material. So whole mouth, the whole mouth tradition, our fellow scholars sometimes don't want to admit this, but the whole mouth tradition was still going on in the Middle Bronze Age. It was a carryover because obviously there are certain traditions with the ethnicity and the, and the culture of a given people, they have certain dishes and certain preparations that are very tied to the family, to the fabric of the community, and they cook it for a long time. For thousands of years, they're cooking the same dish over and over and over again. And it goes on into the Middle Bronze Age and they are hanging on to this particular vessel because there's a certain dish that only gets cooked in this vessel. Grandma always made it in this kind of vessel. That's and right. No reason to change it. That's right. And that sort of reminds me, you know, uh, back in the 1950s, 60s, everybody used pressure cookers, right? And then they just went out of fashion. They just disappeared. And now guess what? The, what's all the rage now? Yeah. Pre pressure cookers. Yep. Everybody's going back to pressure cookers. So anyway, this is the same deal. It's the old technology, but there's a certain dish that they love it's traditional, and they use this vessel. And, and pieces of this vessel, if, 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 if you're excavating in the Middle Bronze Age in the Holy Land, you're going to find pieces of this vessel. Yeah. Almost never the bottom. It burns out, but you find it on, on the top. So we've been, we've been talking about food. I'm kind of hungry. What's for lunch? Yeah, let's go to lunch. I think That's it's a time. good idea. Well, folks... We're glad to have you join us. If you're hungry too, try some Tahu stew. It'll be good for you. Thanks for joining us.